today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. going to begin in Romans chapter 9 tonight. Many say that Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11 is just prophecy. And it does contain some prophecy, but that's not the main idea that the Holy Spirit is trying to get across to us. Uh, When Paul finished out the 8th chapter... He was warning us of some problems and difficulties that we may have in our Christian experience. And in these chapters here, Paul is building up to another warning, and it's simply this. If God cut off Israel, his own chosen people, because they refused to go God's way, seeking another way of righteousness, Romans chapter 10, verse 3, How much more will God cut off the church if it does the same thing? Go ahead right quick, if you will. Go to Romans chapter 11, and I'll show you what we're talking about there. Now, it's going to take us a little while to get to that point, but that's the point that Paul is building up to, and it's going to take him a while to get there. But we'll go ahead and jump to that point so you can see what the end conclusion is of these three chapters. Romans 11, move down if you will to verse 21. Paul said, Because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith, be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, he was referring to Israel there, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fail severity, but toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. So we need to follow God's way, God's prescribed order, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified both for salvation and sanctification. If we don't follow God's plan, then we'll be cut off. And friend, let me tell you, the church is not following God's prescribed order today. We're losing it. We're doing other things. When we do that, we're headed for trouble. Now, some of what Paul has to say here in these chapters is going to be a little bit strong. It's going to be a little bit rough. And some would say that Paul was saying these things out of anger and hostility. That's why he begins Romans chapter 9, verse 1, by saying this. 
Romans 9, verse 1. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. In other words, what he has to say here is from the Lord. This is not something that's coming out of his mind. He's saying it with a clear conscience and there's no malice intended toward anybody. Actually, it's quite the opposite. If you'll look there in verse 2, he said, I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. He knew the direction that Israel was headed and what the end result was going to be, which was judgment. Uh, they had crucified their Messiah, murdered him in cold blood some 25 to 30 years prior to Paul writing this letter to the Romans. And they hadn't repented of what they had done. Although message after message had been preached, these people still would not repent. Instead, they had only gone deeper in their rebellion against God. And judgment finally came in 70 A.D. when Titus came in with soldiers. They destroyed Jerusalem. They destroyed the temple. Many Jews were killed. Many were captured as slaves. Some were carried out in the desert and left to literally starve to death. And others were just scattered throughout the Roman Empire until there was no nation of Israel that existed as a state anymore. And so that was the judgment that came upon them in 70 A.D. And Paul said there in verse 3, For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. He loves his race, the Jews. Matter of fact, he loved them so much that he was willing to suffer for them. He used the phrase here, accursed from Christ, which means that he would actually burn in hell for them if he could if it would do any good for him to do such a thing. But the only one that could save Israel now was the Lord Jesus Christ, and they had pretty much rejected Christ. And even today, they have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, Paul said, Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption? That simply means that these were God's chosen people. And the glory means that God's presence was with these people uh, right on up until the time they rejected him. And Jesus walked out of the temple that day, and he said, Your house is left unto you desolate. And the covenants, that refers to all the covenants that God made with Israel. And the giving of the law, that's the law of Moses. And the service of God, that refers to the priesthood and all of their duties in the tabernacle, the sacrifices, the offerings, and, and so forth, and the promises. Take a look at that. And the promises. Now, God made many promises to Israel, but the greatest promise of all was the promise of a coming Redeemer, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, Whose are the fathers... And of whom is concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. If you will, turn over to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. It all started with Father 
Abraham over in Genesis chapter 12, beginning with the first verse. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, I will curse him that curseth thee, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That refers to the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ who was to come. Every family in the world can be blessed if they would just accept Jesus Christ. But we know how things are. Much of the world refuses to accept Christ. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Now I want you to think about this for just a minute. Abraham was 75 years of age at this time. To up and leave everything he has ever known. To leave the creature comforts of the city life. To leave his house. To go only God knows where. Okay? And to live in a tent for the rest of his life. That right there shows you the faith that this man had. I don't know many who would just do that. It speaks volumes of the man's faith. Eight years later, after Abram up and left everything, Sarah is barren. They've had no children, and the biological time clock is ticking. And in Genesis 15, Haven, if you will, go over there. Genesis chapter 15, verse 2. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Now he's talking about a servant who had given birth to a little boy baby, and his name was Eliezer. And since that servant was considered to be property of Abraham, then that child was considered to be uh, Abraham's child. And Abraham is thinking, this is the only one that's been born in my house. Is this, is this the one that you've chosen? Is this the one that's going to be mine heir? Verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward the heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God, and from his own bowels, the Bible says, and the womb of Sarah, God brought forth the nation of Israel. He brought forth this nation for the purpose of bringing forth the promised Redeemer, 
the Lord Jesus Christ, which Paul said in the latter half of verse 5, Romans 9, verse 5, he said, Jesus, speaking of Christ, who is over all, God blessed forever, amen. Jesus Christ is God. Jesus Christ is God. He's over all. He has the final say. When we stand before him one day, we will have to give an account. Now, we can stand before him now as our Savior and be blessed. Or we can stand before him one day and he'll be our judge. And we'll be cursed to a lake of fire. And that's the truth, which is what the word amen means here in this verse. All right, Romans 9 and verse 6. Romans 9, verse 6. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. Now, Paul is dealing with the theory of national salvation and pretty much saying this, just because a person is born Jewish, that don't mean that they're saved. Now, Israel put a lot of stock in being a Jew. Matter of fact, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to uh, John the Baptist, John the Baptist see him coming, and he said in Matthew 3, verse 7, Old generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meats for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. There you have it. For I say to you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. So that was a problem. Back in those days, it's still a problem now. It's a problem in Christianity. you got a lot of people to think just because they've joined the Baptist church that they're saved. You can join all the churches you want to. That don't mean that you're saved. See, Paul said in verse 6 that not as though the word of God hath taken none effect. He said that before he started dealing with this theory of national salvation, and it simply means that many of the Jews down through the, uh, the centuries and in their history, most of them weren't even saved. Now you think of that. Most of the Jews, although they were God's chosen people, they didn't believe. They had a form of godliness, but denied the power thereof. Does that sound familiar to you. All right, many of them died lost, and now Paul brings forth Isaac as an example. If you look there in verse 7, the latter half, he said, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Before Isaac came along, Sarah was barren. Her biological time clock was ticking. Abraham's was too. And they knew that a little boy baby had to be born in order to fulfill what God had said. 
So Sarah concocted this scheme and told Abraham to go in unto my handmaid Hagar. And you can read about it in the 16th chapter of the book of Genesis. Go in unto Hagar, my Egyptian handmaid, and have a child through her. Now it was acceptable back in those days if a man married and the wife was not able to have children that she would use a surrogate. Now it was acceptable in the eyes of man, but that ain't what God told them to do. It wasn't acceptable in the eyes of God. But it sounded good to Abraham, so Abraham consented unto his wife and went in unto Hagar, and Ishmael was the end result. Ishmael was a work of the flesh. He was the result of Abraham and Sarah scheming, trying to help God out. And folks, we've been paying for that ever since. The whole Arab world over there came from Ishmael. And you know the problems that we're having over there now, and whatever the case. But there's no record that Ishmael was ever saved. Although he was the son of Abraham, there's no record that Ishmael was saved. We do have evidence, however, that Ishmael later on tried to kill Isaac. You'll look there in Genesis chapter 21. Haven, if you will, pull that up. Genesis 21. Verse 9, And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham mocking. Wherefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Now, Paul tells this same story in Galatians chapter 4. And in verse 29, uh, he said that Ishmael persecuted Isaac, which presents a little bit more serious situation than the word mock that was used over in Genesis uh, chapter 21. Now, the Jewish Targums say that Ishmael was shooting arrows out in the field. And Ishmael was probably somewhere around 16, 17 years old at this time. And he'd have little Isaac to run out there and get the arrows, fetch the arrows for him. And while little Isaac was running around out there getting the arrows, here was Ishmael shooting. And his scheme was, I'll hit Isaac and kill him, and it'll look like an accident. Now, some would say, well, why was he trying to kill the boy? Because the inheritance was going to go to Isaac. Because Isaac was God's chosen one. And so Hagar and her son Ishmael was trying to kill Isaac. At least that's the theory. That's the story. And like I said, that's kind of what Paul was alluding to there. He said there in Romans 9 and verse 8, Romans 9, verse 8, They which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Ishmael was a result of the flesh. 
Abraham and Sarah scheming. And like I said, there's no record that Ishmael ever came to God. Just because he was born of Abraham and even circumcised when he was 13 years old, that didn't mean he was saved. We've got thousands of people today that walk up on a Sunday morning and they shake a preacher's hand, they join the church, they get baptized, they take the Lord's Supper, and they're all engaged in these works of the flesh, but they're not saved. Did you hear what I said? You've got thousands of people that sit in churches Sunday after Sunday, and they'll nod their head and give a mental uh, assent, and will agree with what's coming from behind the pulpit. But it's not an issue of the mind. It's an issue of the heart, see. And the, the person has to place their faith in what is said. And the moment they place their faith in Christ and what he did at the cross, that person is then saved. And there's going to be change in their life. And a continual change will take place in that person's life. The gospel, when it is accepted by faith, changes people. It changes people. So if somebody comes up to you and they say, I've just got saved, and there's no change in them, then somebody slipped them a counterfeit. They didn't get the same thing I got. They didn't get what this book says. Because this book changes people's hearts when they put their faith in uh, what Jesus did for us at Calvary. All right, latter half of verse 8, Romans chapter 9, verse 8. He said, the children of the promise are counted for the seed. The children of the promise are counted for the seed. In other words, only those who put their faith in the promised seed, the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, they're the only ones that are saved. So it doesn't matter if the person is Jewish. It doesn't matter if they're Baptist or Methodist or whatever name they may go under. If their faith is not in the promised Redeemer, then they're not saved. Verse 9. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. Some years after Ishmael was born, Abraham was a hundred years old. Sarah was ninety. He's sit, sitting in his tent door in the heat of the day, and the Lord appears to him. And you can read about this in the 18th chapter of the book of Genesis. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, Hey, where's your wife at, Sarah? Oh, she's in the tent there. He said, Sarah's going to have a child. 
I will return, I will restore unto her according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And she heard what God said and laughed at it. And God asked Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And Sarah said, I didn't laugh. And God said, oh, yes, you did laugh, too. And Abraham laughed, too, but his laughter was a laughter of faith. He knew that within himself, he was not able to do anything. Sarah wasn't either. And if a child was going to be brought forth, it was going to have to be all of God and none of them. And Paul said in Romans chapter 4, Haven, if you will, pull that up. Romans chapter 4, move down to verse 19. I want, you, I want to show you this tonight. Um, another little point here on the faith of Abraham Romans 4, verse 19, And being not weak in faith, he's speaking of Abraham here, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. In other words, despite the situation, he praised God. He believed God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And in Genesis chapter 21, we read where God did exactly what he said he was going to do. Sarah conceived and she brought forth a son and called his name Isaac. And through Isaac would later come Jacob. God changed his name to Israel. And Israel had 12 sons. And from them uh, were named the tribes. And as time went on, ultimately came the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. But just because a whole nation came about from Abraham. And their sole purpose was to bring forth the Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that all of them were saved. And that's a point that Paul's trying to get across here. And we're going to deal with this a little bit more uh, next week. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.